just move things a little bit here. Am I on? Excellent. No? Yes, Dave says I'm, Dave says I'm on. Well, good morning. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 12. And going from verse 3, you'll know we've been working our way through Mark, the book of Mark. That's what we love to do here. We love to work through books of the Bible, taking it piece by piece. But this week, we're having a week off. And uh, we... We've kind of put in a few Sundays like this over the year that we're kind of calling Vision Sundays. We're really wanting to spend some time looking at what do we believe God has called us to here on Teesside and beyond. What, what, what church has God called us to build? And so we put in a few Sundays really to kind of spend some time on that um, So, we're going to be in Romans today, Romans chapter 12 and verses um, 3 to 8. So, I'm going to read it and then we're going to pray. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgments in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If a man's gift is, uh, sorry, uh, if it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it's giving, let him give generously. If it's leadership, do it diligently. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. Father, we thank you for your love and for your goodness. We thank you we are word and spirit. And we thank you for your word here today to us. And we ask, we ask, would spirit break out right now as we hear your word? We're not here just to learn some information to download some stuff. We're here to encounter the living God. And so we, that is our prayer. Spirit, break out across this room as we hear the word of God. Would you be with me? Would you be with us? Would you come and let us leave changed, knowing we've encountered you today? Amen. Do not think yourselves more highly than you ought. 
you ever watch one of those TV programs or perhaps see someone in the media and you wish they'd listen to that advice? <laughs> yeah, they, they think too highly of themselves more than they ought. Who do they think they are? Often if you watch reality TV programs, reality TV shows, you often sit there, I, I know I do, sit there thinking, who do they think they are? And you often realise that actually it's been edited that way to make them more like that anyway, but we still do it. Or perhaps someone you meet, and you think, wow, oh, they think too highly than they ought. But we rarely apply it to ourselves, do we? We're very good at applying it to other people, but perhaps not so good to ourselves. Do you know, Jubilee, as we keep going forward, I believe there's much in this passage for us. Much in this passage for us. Why don't we have a look at the, uh, the, the issue that Paul is addressing in this passage. So, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Rome. And it's a church that included both Jews and non-Jews, Gentiles. And uh, it seems that not all is well between the different groups in this church in Rome. You had the Jews. They were entrusted, the people entrusted with the very words of God. They were God's chosen people to reveal himself to the, to the world down through the ages. They had a rich history in the purposes of God. But Paul does not want the Jews in this church to think that in some way they're superior to the non-Jews. And in the same way, we have the non-Jews, the Gentiles. They had been brought into the people of God. And the gospel, the gospel of Jesus is growing. It's flourishing amongst, these people, amongst the Gentiles, the non-Jews. However, Paul doesn't want them to start thinking, it's all about us now. We are the most important now. So how does he want them to think? How does he want them to think? He wants them to think like this. But here's a problem. And it's a problem with this phrase, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Joe, could you just have you let the kids workers know to hold on a bit? That'd be fantastic, thank you. Probably ten past. Sorry, just to explain, we're going to bring the kids back in for breaking bread, um, but I've told them to hang on a little bit, so we're going to break bread at the end and bring the children back in, and uh, they might need a little longer. Okay, so we've got a problem. How, do they, how are they meant to think? Well, there's a problem with this phrase, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. See, some say this means God has given us different measures of faith. There'll be things perhaps I can do because I have this measure of faith that you can't do and vice versa because there's different levels of faith that have been given to us. And I was thinking, 
what's the best, what's the best way to explain this view of, of, of uh, what the passage is saying? And I thought it'd be ice cream. Now, this will get you hungry, and this will get your juices flowing. But think of it like scoops of ice cream. In the sovereignty of God, in God's purposes, I've been given five bits of ice cream, perhaps. Perhaps someone else has been given just one scoop of ice cream. But it's God's grace, and, and there'll be things that I can do with my many scoops of ice cream that someone else perhaps can't do with their one scoop of ice cream. Does it mean that? You may be able to move country and start a church somewhere else because of the number of scoops of faith you have. Others would argue it's a different way. That actually it's not about a measure of faith you've been given, but it's about the standard by which you measure faith. Okay? And that for Christians, that standard is the same. It's the work of Jesus. His perfect life, death, and resurrection. Are you looking to the scoop of your own efforts, which will not be much? Are you looking to the scoop of God's grace, which gives you an ice cream like that? And actually, every, that would say every, every Christian... Every Christian has been given the scoop of God's grace. That that's the measure of faith. There's no other standard. Actually, your faith is worthless if it is based on anything other than the grace of God. So we've got these two conflicting ideas. But whichever one is right, whichever one it means, there's a similar message with both. We're called to stay humble. It's called to stay humble. Humility, the best description of humility I've ever heard, is that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it is thinking of yourself less. The focus is less on you and more on God and those around you. There's no room for boasting. There's no room for superiority over others in the church when it comes to humility. So that's true for those very first people reading Paul's letter here. And actually it's true and goes within Jubilee too. And interestingly, it goes within churches, other churches that love Jesus. That we can't have some kind of superior view that says, you don't do church like that. Oh, Oh, we, we do. We, we, do church, we do church like this. We do worse. Our, our midweek groups look like this. We must be better. God must be with us more. No, no, no. No, no, that misses the point. There's no room for that. And then Paul goes on to use the imagery of the church as a body. And he uses that phrase, in Christ... He says, in Christ. You are in Christ. Your life has been put into Christ. That's what happened when you became a Christian. You couldn't do it. 
It was his grace. You were placed into Christ. Often, often people can think, where, do you know, I just don't know where I am. Where has my life taken me? Let me tell you. If, you. if you know Jesus here this morning, you are in Christ. And it is the best place you will ever find yourself. This is a grace thing, as Paul was uh, bringing to us this morning. You can't do it through your efforts. You can't do it through your good works. It's his grace. He has done it. You can wake up tomorrow morning knowing I'm in Christ. Hey, I'm in Christ. Do you know, I'm going to wake up today. Whatever happens today, I'm going to go to bed and know I'm in Christ. See, because of the cross, everything changed. Everything changed. What you couldn't do, God has done through Christ and brought you close to him. There is no condemnation in Christ. It is wonderful. And he's talking not simply about us as individuals being in Christ, but together we are in Christ. It's a, it's a together thing. Salvation isn't simply about um, me getting right with God so that when I die I can go to heaven and be with him. No, no, it's, it's, it's so much more. It's about becoming part of the people of God. And so, so this imagery of a body kind of carries on from that to show us what being part of the people of God looks like. The church is a body, but there are many parts made up to this one body. And see, there's a few times when Paul uses this imagery in the Bible, in the New Testament. And when he does, when he uses the imagery of a body, it speaks primarily to two things. The need for unity and the need for diversity. And she also speaks to something else as well that is always in Paul's mind, which is being the body means rather than being inward-looking, rather than being focused simply and solely on ourselves, actually, being the body makes us an outward-looking community. Being the body makes us outward-looking, focused on communities, focused on the mission of God, focused on others. So, um, with the, the, the time I've got left, we're going to look at three things this morning. We're connected, we have different gifts, and we are made for mission. So it says, In Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the other. So it's very, very important to us. We are made up of different nationalities, but we belong to one another in Christ. We're made up of different ages, but we belong to one another in Christ. We live across Teesside, but we belong to one another in Christ. We have different family setups, single, married, kids, whatever, but we belong to one another in Christ. This is what Ephesians 4, 3 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, There is one body and one spirit. We're connected. So 
You celebrate when you hear something over here that's happening in the church that's fantastic. You celebrate even some of those stories from this morning. Praise God. You celebrate. And then, but then over here, actually, you, you sense pain and you feel pain when things aren't, when there's challenges, when there's difficulties, because we're connected, because we belong to one another. You know, if you're born in the UK or if you're born in the West, this isn't always the easiest thing to hear. I belong to myself. I am my own person. That's what our Western culture tells us. No, no, the church is totally different. It's a whole different deal. But let me say this, being connected, belonging to one another, will bring its challenges as we grow. It will. It will. It will bring its challenges. You'll realise that you don't know everybody. I once knew everybody, and now I don't. You know, you'll ask someone, is this your first time at Jubilee? And they'll say, no, I've been here for six months. No. Um, You'll want, maybe you want to be involved. I want to be involved in every part of what's going on in Jubilee, but I just can't because there's new ministries happening, new things happening, and I, I can't. And I used to be involved in everything, but now I can't. Actually, there is one way you can be involved in everything in the church. Come to the prayer meeting. Do you know, that is the best way of being involved in everything in the church. Be at the prayer meeting. You get to pray. Everything needs prayer. Come to the prayer meeting. Be involved in everything that's going on. But anyway, in the light of those challenges, I want to ask you, are you making sure that you are living out the truth of this belonging? Are you making sure that you're finding places to belong and you are helping others to belong? Find places where actually the day-to-day reality of belonging together can be worked out. Get involved in a community group. Serve in a team. Uh, get involved in a social action project. Make friends. Open up your house. Secondly, we have different gifts. So not only are we one body, not only are we connected, but we're different. There is diversity in this body. There's diversity in anybody. As 1 Corinthians 12 says, if the whole body were an eye, where would its sense of hearing be? So it's the spirit that makes the church one body. And it's the same spirit that gives it gifts. We have grace gifts. Not, not natural talents, but, but grace gifts. Gifts given by the spirit to, to the church. That's you and me. And there's no room to boast in them because they're gifts. They're grace gifts. There's no room for boasting. And the Spirit, the Spirit gives gifts in remarkably diverse ways, amazingly diverse ways. But we're told of seven of those in this passage that we've looked at, and there's others mentioned in the New Testament. But the ones in this passage, prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, uh, giving or contributions to the needs of others, leadership, Showing mercy. Listen, the church of Jesus Christ isn't built on one or two superstars. Actually, it's built on the church playing their part. The whole body 
playing its part. Think of a think of a think of going swimming, for instance, as in my mind at the moment, because I went swimming yesterday. You need your body to play all its parts. If you just used your legs, you would get nowhere. Your arms wouldn't be doing the right things. Your breathing, you'd just end up swallowing water. Your head needs to keep out of the water. And in the same way, the church needs all its parts to be working, to be fully the church, to be the people who they are meant to be. And actually, these gifts mentioned here, actually, in one degree or another, we all will use them throughout our lives at certain times. And then there might be some people who are particularly gifted, who particularly feel a sense of faith rise as I read out some of those gifts. So let's look at them briefly. Prophecy. Actually, we can all prophesy. We can all hear God and be able to build up others through it. But actually, someone might find they're particularly gifted, that God is gifting them in it. Serving. We can all serve. However, actually, you might find you come alive when you can serve others. It doesn't even matter what it is. Cleaning the toilets. I love it. I suddenly come alive. Whatever it might be, you might just sense that that gift, that faith rising in you when you're able to serve. Teaching. And I'm not simply talking about Sunday mornings. Actually, you know, the the church loses out if we just uh, box teaching to Sunday mornings. No, no, this is about being friends together, teaching one another, teaching in community groups, teaching in uh, uh, prayer group, teaching one-on-one, teaching with our friends, teaching with our children, encouraging. We all need this gift, don't we? We really need the gift of encouragement. Giving. Actually, it's more of a sense of contributing to others. You know, there's some remarkable, remarkable examples of this gift in Jubilee. Giving to people who serve on uh, our year out FP year. Giving to start projects, to kickstart projects. Giving and just giving and saying, please, all I ask is that it's used well. And giving to contribute to the needs of others. Leadership. Let me just talk about leadership for a minute. Because actually, if leadership is a grace gift, there is no room for arrogance or for any feelings of superiority. Actually, leadership serves. Leadership serves others. And it equips and releases others. Do you know, if you're a leader, do you see that? Do you see that you are there to equip, to influence to lead others, not about having a position over them. It's a vital gift. As we move forward, Jubilee, it's a vital gift. Actually, they're all vital, but actually leadership can be so misunderstood, so uh, uh, twisted, that it's so important we get it right. Don't lead in an apologetic way. I'm really sorry, someone's got to be the leader. No, no, don't do that. But then don't lead in an overpowering positional way but lead knowing that it's a grace gift with passion, with thankfulness. Show mercy. You know, showing mercy to care for anyone who is in distress. Not in a reluctant, patronising way, but actually, what does the passage say? 
cheerfully. And we also want to receive gifts from outside of Jubilee. So I want to encourage you, and we've mentioned this already on a Sunday morning, on the 29th of March, we're going to be going to um, an event in Darlington, at the King Centre in Darlington, called In Christ Together, where we're gathering together with other churches across the northeast that are in our family of churches, Christ Central. We want to receive those gifts from that Christ Central team. We want to receive, Jeremy will be there teaching. We want to receive those gifts from that Christ Central team on that day. So I want to encourage you, put that in your diary, Saturday the 29th of March. We're going to arrange some transport if you need it. There'll be children's work. It's totally free. Uh, it'll be a fun day together. But we want to receive gifts from outside of Jubilee too. So we're to be diverse. And if we're to be diverse, it means you being passionate about you. Young people and older people, internationals and British people, men and women. I'm looking forward to Shirley speaking next week. It's great. Looking forward to her being released in her gift. Bring your friends next week. Yeah. See this passage, it says each member... Each member, that means everyone. And finally, children, you're being excellent back there. Finally, we are made for mission. And I'm almost finished. We are... Are we a, are we a body? Are we... Are we diverse? Are we united so that we can keep the things same? So that we can feel self-fulfilled in our, using our gifts? So that we can escape from the world and all its bad influences? No, no, we are a body that is united and diverse so that we can declare the goodness of God to those who don't know him and to our communities. This is what Ephesians 3.10 says. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be known. Manifold. It can be translated multifaceted splendor, multicoloredness, uh, richly diverse. This is God's wisdom. We have been rescued by God, brought into his people, so that more people might come to hope in God. So that more people might see the richness of the wisdom of God in Christ. Jubilee, that's our mission. That's why, by the Spirit, we are one body. Not to make a cosy club, but to tell others of the goodness of Jesus Christ. Do you know, that's what we see in the book of Acts, isn't it? We see the Spirit falling, enabling these very timid followers of Jesus, suddenly to be filled, enabled, empowered, and sent out on mission to those around them. That's what we see in Acts. It's not so they can have nice meetings, but so they can be passionate worshippers who spill out onto their streets, who are sent out into their communities. And that's the same for us. Whether you're involved in... uh, Sparklers, Alpha, Open Door, Moses Project, all these, Hope House, all these different things where there's opportunities to spill out and fulfill the mission of God. In your workplace, 
in your college, in your school. Okay, I want to finish with this quote from Gordon Fee, which I've put up because I think really kind of sums up so excellent. This is what he said, God is simply not saving diverse individuals and preparing them for heaven. Rather, he is creating a people for his name among whom God can dwell and who in their life together will reproduce God's life and character in all its unity and diversity. That's our call, to reflect God, to reflect Father, Son and Holy Spirit to this world. And our unity and our diversity has such an important part to play in that, a vital part to play in that. We're going to be breaking bread, and I feel that's a great response to hearing about our unity, hearing about our diversity. You know, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians that as, as he's instructing them about breaking bread, about celebrating the Lord's Supper, he says, the one loaf signifies that you are one body. One body. And that's what we are, okay? One loaf might not stretch, but symbolically, we are one body. One body. And uh, we're going to break bread together as a response. I've asked for the children to come back in so they can break bread as well. Um, If parents um, uh, say that's okay, we want parents to take responsibility in that. Um, But let's break bread together and celebrate our oneness But even more than that, celebrate that Jesus paid the price. That Jesus rescued us on the cross. That on the cross, he dealt with our shame, our sin, and took it on himself. And dealt with it forever. And we can remember that as we break bread and wine. And so I would encourage you, if you love Jesus, if you're, maybe you're not even part of Jubilee, maybe you're just visiting here this morning, if you love Jesus, we would love you to break bread with us. We would love you to uh, join in with this um, amazing uh, um, celebration with us of breaking bread and taking the wine, the grape juice. But if you're not a Christian, what I'd suggest is it's best if you don't, because it symbolises something of what it means to be a Christian, of what it means to follow Jesus. So I'll say, if you're not, I wouldn't take bread and wine. Because it says, I've chosen, I've chosen to follow Jesus. I'm belonging to this body. I've been made part of this body because of the blood of Christ. Now, if you're thinking, do you know, I want to become a Christian. Hey, maybe breaking bread is a great way to do that this morning. Why don't you talk with someone and perhaps someone you've come with. But I want us to remember, this is about Jesus. It's about him. It's about celebrating him and keeping him the focus of our body, of this body. Okay, so if you've got children and they need collecting, if they're in the lower groups, you will need to take your card over to the back and collect them. But for the rest of us, come on, let's break bread together and celebrate this message of being united as one body and diverse and on mission together. Why don't you just start to move? Let's be very inclusive in this. You don't need to get into groups.